Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Making Learning Special, where we discuss everything from parenting strategies to childhood development, all the ways to all the ways, all the way to the realities of parenthood. You would think I would get this right after the 22nd or 23rd episode, right? Anyways, hi, I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and with me is my co-host and husband, Zach Smith. Say hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. I don't mess <laughs> up my intros because I just sit here. <laughs> hi, everyone. So today, we are talking about changes and transitions. So everybody goes through changes. Everyone goes through transitions. Why are we doing an episode on this? Because it has to do with helping our kids out and their development and just throughout the day, basically. So I'm going to go um, and start off by saying kids love routines. Kids work well with routines. When a baby is born, knowing when you're feeding your baby, when they're going to sleep, um, that's even helpful for you as a new parent, for example. Don't you, um, don't you agree, Zach? Yes. Routines are super, super key. I actually, okay. So honestly speaking, I wasn't sure exactly what we we're going to talk about going into this, but I'm glad that we always, are because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, sometimes I have an idea this time. I actually didn't until I just logged on, but I think this is going to be an important conversation to have because I don't think people realize how many times kids change their patterns and routines, like literally on their own, their own, just from their own preferences alongside like what just regular developmental changes right because every time we thought that we had ace figured out he changed right that perfect, was like for the that was like the first two epitome and a half of years. parenting right yeah like, for like the first two two and a half years we thought we had him figured out and then he changed after a week and we're like okay back to the drawing board so yeah for sure that it's, is it's, actually how development works what we think it's is just a um progression if you look at the x and y axis for example you think progression is a nice smooth line and development just goes from a to b and i don't know how to visually show this yeah you think it's linear progression but linear it's not linear there's peaks it's and valleys wrong. there's ups and downs there's forwards and there's backwards it goes all flow. over the place there's yep there's ebbs and flows so progression you'll see progression and regression but it's still going lin um, not linear but going in an upward motion basically that's right. how so, so, the child's development is so every kid is different right so every kid's different so every kid's eventually going to get from point a to point b but some kids are going to get there sooner than later some people's going to take a lot more attention some kids are going to be a lot more volatile some kids are going to go backwards more often than not um, before they ultimately get there but what you're saying is like you said it's not linear progress every kid will eventually get there it's just all over the place depending on the nature of your child and how you decide to raise them and the strategies that you implement and just the, natural developmental, process, right? yeah, just natural development. It's literally, that's how it is. You would think, oh, my child does A, B, and C, so um, they're going to keep doing EFG, right? But really, it's just um, up and down until they get to that point. I'll give you a few examples in development, actually, too. So a common one is when your kid is learning how to flip over a baby or when they're learning how to crawl, you'll notice that their brain, their brains never stop. It doesn't stop working. It keeps just go, firing and firing. So when they're sleeping, um, they might be moving a lot more. They might not be sleeping as well. So there might be times when you're saying, 
oh, my child sleeps through night. He's um, totally, you know, six hours, perfect. And he's a few months old. This is awesome. But then they get through this milestone, this developmental step where they're learning how to um, flip over or they're learning how to crawl, like I mentioned. And you'll notice that their, um, their sleep pattern might be off or something, or they might be a good, e um, they've been a good eater, but you notice that they're not eating as much that shows you that there might be something going on in their environment, or it might just be something internally where they are just progressing. We are just not noticing because they're focusing on what they are wanting to progress on and other parts of development might be affected. Um, another really awesome example, and I was just talking to a couple friends about this re recently with their little ones, and this is a very common one, too, is that when a child learns how to walk, when they're focusing on a skill, other skills they're not focusing on. They might not be focusing on language this at this moment. They might not be focusing on um, eating or anything like that. So kids usually learn to walk around um, around one years old, around that time, maybe nine months to 15 months old. Um, but around that time, when they're hyper-focused, and usually kids are because um, they can't put their attention in other things, right? When they're hyper-focusing on mastering a skill, a lot of times, some of these kids, their language, you notice um, parents saying, they used to say A, they used to say B, they used to say C, um, but now they're not talking as much. Um, and then one of my first things I ask is, oh, are they, um, how are they following directions? How, um, and some of these social skills, you know, are they saying bye-bye? Are they copying some of the things you're doing? Yeah, they're, they're copying some of the things I'm doing and clapping their hands, gesturing, but they're just not saying as much. You know, I feel like there's a plateau. And then I asked them, well, um, is, has, is he practicing maybe walking? Oh yeah, and the parent would tell me, oh yeah, he just, um, he's standing up now, he's trying to walk more. And usually that shows me, okay, maybe we can monitor the child with language development. But oftentimes, usually I would say, again, it's not for all kids, right? But usually, it's because um, they're focusing on walking, for example. That might be one of the causes why they're not focusing on language. Let me pause. I'm gonna let me pause you real fast before you get too deep into what it is you're talking about. Cause I already was gonna pause you earlier before you got into this 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 one. This is also kind of why I like to not kind of know about the topic sometimes because it allows us to have an open conversation where I could think of questions and and say things where, you know, objectively, as just a parent who's not a professional in the field of child development like yourself. So you said something before, like a few minutes ago, I don't know how many minutes ago it was now, but you said you notice their mind doesn't stop working or doesn't stop, you know, running and, and like they're, they'll be twitching a lot in their sleep and all that good stuff. We don't, we don't as parents, you do because you're the professional, but as parents, we don't realize that their mind is not working. Like, like it doesn't stop. And it takes so much hyper-focus for them to actually learn a new skill. Cause I learned this from you when I was trying to, you know, tell Ace and I'm like, say he was watching like a screen or something like that. And I was like, Hey, Ace. And I'm like, this kid, I'm gonna take him off the screen. If he's not paying attention, if he, if I have to ask his name three, four times and he's not paying attention, he just chooses to ignore me. And you goes, and then you educated me and said, he's not choosing to ignore you. He just very hyper-focused on what he's trying to learn and what he's watching because kids don't have the ability to bounce back and forth between different, different, uh, objection or objectives. Like we have the ability to do so because our, their they're brain is learning. still developing. They're, developing. they're learning. They have to hyper-focus. So I think it's a good point to bring up that we as no, normal parents 
don't realize that we know their minds are sponges. We know they're constantly learning, but we don't know that they're focusing on learning these new skills so much that it occupies their mind, preoccupies their mind to the point that they don't do other things sometimes. And that goes into what you were saying, which is why I paused you there for a second, because I think it's important to note that we don't. We don't. And I didn't know that actually until you educated me on that. And I will stop you there too, because there is a range of norms. Hey, no stop backs. For kids. <laughs> no stop backs. No um, stop there backs. is a range of norm for kids and their focus, right? If the, if the kiddo who is always, always focusing on their toys rather than looking at faces more so than not, that can serve as a concern, for example. So there is a range, but going back into kind of the transi transitions and changes. So there's internal changes that your child might be going through other changes that's mm. environmental and external and what we started talking about is routines so there's so many benefits to routines right i've already mentioned a few but another thing is that your kid knows what to expect when your child knows what what to expect you can even build language around that you have certain words that you're practicing and repeating and they start noticing that and they start implementing and relating kind of those actions that you have with those routine activities. So it also builds language and just that predictability. One of the things, um, examples that um, I like to say is that when you're a new driver, you um, usually right kind of like check your mirror check if your seat's okay you um you check everything and some people like to concentrate more on driving because they're a new driver so they're concentrating give it a um, few months or whatever you're in the routine you don't always have to check um your mirror because you know it's already set uh you you know now you could put on a little bit of the radio because you're you're good to go. You have a routine going when you're a more experienced driver. So you could concentrate on other things like maybe talking to um, to the person next to you, for example, in the car and things like that. Right. Similar with language development and routines. They're focused on what's going on in the moment if they don't have a routine because they're confused about, you know, like what's going to happen next? What's going to what's going to happen next? But when they have a routine set in place, they're like, oh, yeah, I know this. I can concentrate not on my actions as much, but I could concentrate on expanding my my language and expanding the other things that surrounding these routines. So that's an example why routines are really beneficial and helpful for kids. But we all know in the real world that there's changes and sometimes we can't uh, we can't predict when there's change that happens, of course, and we can't prepare for them. But one of the things that parents to help mitigate a lot of um, kids who are more into their schedule and more into their routine, one thing that you can do is totally prep your child about um, a change in their routine, right? So whether you think your toddler is understanding you or not, you're still building language and you're building um, and relating what they're doing and experiencing at that time with what you are saying and words. So if you have a doctor's appointment and it's out of the routine, if you are um, going on a trip and it's out of your routine, start preparing them. Oh, we're going to go on an airplane. We are going to go in an airport and you're going to see the airplane fly up. Oh, we're going to go to the doctor. We're going to sit down. We're going to wait. And they're going to check your mouth and your chest. Start giving them some of this language and some of these words and repeat it and repeat it be right before 
it actually happens because that what that helps do with this change in their routine is it kind of helps calm them a little bit you know of course it ranges between kids right but um they get to see oh mommy mentioned that the doctor's going to check in my mouth okay even though i'm still a little nervous at least i'm prepared for it right yeah so yeah. that's one thing um and with changes and then transitions uh if you have anything to say zach i'm just gonna keep ranting on. well <laughs> i i did a few but you kept going so i'm just letting you do what you do and 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 educate us so uh no okay, so okay. okay so what you're saying is kids thrive on patterns right behaviors the behaviors you teach them and you lead that into patterns and that's what they thrive on but I was going to ask you what happens if there's a pattern interruption, but you kind of answered it with the whole, just prep them for it with the doctor's appointment. I know you did that with Ace when Ace, when we had to fly back home uh, and he was going to be on the airplane for the first time, showed him the airplane, showed him the airport, showed him a plane flying, showed him everything in regards to what he is to expect when he gets on a plane. And he absolutely crushed. He did great on the plane, looked out the windows, playing around, was very, I don't know, patient. I don't know if patient's the word, but you just like, it was like a normal day for him. So I, I, there's so much power in prepping them whenever there, whenever there is going to be a awesome. pattern interruption or yeah. a potential one, at least. So, no, I think that's that's a powerful that's a powerful strategy that people should implement immediately. That was going to be my question, but you already answered it. So carry on. OK, I'm just well, here for the, I'm just here for the it's ride. It's not even just it's not even just for big events. Just think about it for everyday daily routines or daily yeah. activities. Right. So kids, um, they Basically, if you give them a warning, a couple warnings, it helps. It really does rather than, okay, let's go up and leave. Um, we're done with the park. Um, so you could try these out, especially with things that they love, 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 right? Transitions can be fairly difficult for some kids, but some kids are like, okay, we'll just go with the flow. But um, one big thing I see often when we go to the park is a, um, they're about to leave the park and kiddo cries because he doesn't want to leave. Mm. Very, very often, right? Very common. So give them, give them warnings. It's a transition. You're trans. You don't think of it as an adult because we're used to transitioning from here and there. But transition from one environment to another, transition from one toy to another. Just think of it that some kids have a more difficult time with that, especially transitioning from something that they really love to something that they probably don't love as much. So you give them warnings. Okay, we're gonna go home in two minutes. We're gonna go home in five. Um, in one minute. And even prior to that, remember, we're going to go to the park and after the park, we have to do X, Y, Z. And when you're transitioning, try to make it fun and light um, because when there's a change and when when anything happens, kids really feel that they might not be able to explain it and voice it and communicate it, but they do feel the changes. They know something's up. They know something's coming. So it's always nice. Uh, it's always good to just let them know, okay, we're going to, um, we're going to move on to something different and make it fun and light. Okay. Do you want to hop to the car or do you want to race? I'll race you. Things like that. Uh, what other things do I want to say about that? Cause I know I have lots and lots of things to say about transition. No, oh. well no, nah, relax for a second. I know you're, <laughs> I know, I know you're flowing here, but like, I know. take it easy. Huh? We're still having a conversation. Relax. Remember you have a co-host, um, but okay. So train them through transitions. I like that because that's also what you told you, you taught me as well. Right. So I like to think about it. Like, you know, when you sleep train a child, right. You can transition train a child as well. Like in the beginning, when Ace was first learning to, you're starting to get screen time when he, he reached that age. Right we would be like, all right, five more minutes. All right. One more minute. 
all right, press the button. We had him involved. I like, I like to think about it. Like we trained, we transitioned, trained him to the point where now we don't have to give him as many warnings, I guess you can call it because he knows, he knows what to expect. Mm -hmm. Yes. So he has been trained to understand the transition that is to come after he starts doing any particular, whatever it is that he's and doing. And that's a routine. You just pointed out. A yes. Yeah, so transition yeah. training is routine building kind of deal, right? I'm just Ooh. connecting dots here on my end Jeez. is what it really, what it is. I, so, okay. So now that's a, that's a new thing for me, but I am now a transition training proponent where <laughs> I think it's very good to do that. So you don't abruptly stop a child from doing whatever it is that they think is fun because you use the playground idea but it could be screen time it could be a playground shoot it could be a book if they're really in like involved in a book and they're like no i want to finish it or no i'm still looking at it that could throw them off their routine too right if they're like it's, it's time to read and you take a book away from them they might cry it could be for literally anything and everything so transition training is like it's a thing and i'm all for it and it's worked <laughs> very very well so let Do me it. give you a really Do good it. example that I was all like, oh, wow, this made a difference. And okay, for, uh, for us as adults, for example, right, you had a long day at work, you just want to sit down, relax, watch your favorite show, right? You finally sit down, you relax, you turn on your favorite show. And then your spouse goes in there, turns off the TV right away. And um, your spouse is all like, let's go. Wait, what? Why? Would you you would be pissed or you would just be annoyed? Like, where are we going? What are we doing? Yeah. Why are why we did you turn my show off? Why did you do that? As as compared to you're sitting down, you're watching your show, your spouse tells you, Hey, you remember we have dinner with our friends and um we have to leave in 10 minutes. Okay. Acknowledge, um, you know, acknowledgement. Yes, okay, perfect. Um, five more minutes, okay. Just a quick reminder. I know you had a long day at work. All right. Okay. Two minutes. <laughs> Sounds good. And I'm getting ready to get up. We're getting ready to turn the TV off. Okay. Two minutes pass. Let's go. Perfect. Okay. Let's go. I was in the middle of watching my show, but all right. I get it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. This is how you transition train your husband because Madonna did this to me or, or wife, of course. Madonna did this to me and she gave me this exact example when I was trying to tell Ace the, hey, pretty much get off. Come on. It's time to get off kind of deal. She, showed me the light, <laughs> I guess. And she said, let me use this as an example. She actually told me this exact thing. And I'm like, dude, you know what? I've never actually really thought about it like that. But a mature adult versus an immature child who only knows immediate gratification, that's going to that's gonna piss them off. Mm -hmm. And that's why the kids act the way that they act. So like I said, transition training, that's a thing now. <laughs> that is an absolute thing now, because if you can do it to adults or if adults expect it, what do you think a kid expects? Because they, they have no expectation. Their only expectation is that whatever it is that they're interested in, that they get more of it. So if you throw them off that and take them away because they need to do something else or you want to put them on something else, you better help them make that transition. Otherwise, you're in for a rough ride. They're going to be crying, tossing, yeah. turning, screaming, throwing or things all over the place. understand why. Yeah, understand, understand why, they're, why. Doing what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And one other thing, too, since we're talking about transitions and changes, is that as adults, for example, sometimes we come home, we're working hard, we're doing things, and we don't even have that time for ourselves to transition and we go home to our family to our child and we're running on e for example right and um you might have had a tough time at work for example you might have had a busy day at work and 
you don't have that time to just relax for a couple minutes, take a breath or anything like that. And maybe you're just not in the best mood at home. So remembering to even transition if you even with things that you have a hard phone call with um, a family member or something like that, instead of going to your child right away, and you're carrying that, um, that those emotions or anything like that, maybe um, take a couple breaths, or another thing is listen to a song, basically do something where it can help you transition a bit better. So you're in maybe a better mood when you're with your family or with your child. So just thinking of those um, little things, because that's still part of transitioning, right? And we're teaching our kids these. I'm, I'm still stuck on the fact that Adults need to be transitioned to. <laughs> and I'm like, it, well, adults it, need to be transitioned it, and adults. It, it explains why adults need to be yeah, why, why right? adults get could get pissy for certain things like certain curveballs. Now I know why. Because <laughs> so nobody told them, hey, a curveball's coming your way. They just got the curveball and it hit them. So hey, I'm just on, I'm honestly just stuck on that right now. But you know what? It's 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 very it's a very important takeaway. And that's actually helped alleviate a lot of unnecessary tantruming you know, coming from a parent point of view. So if this is something that you've never done as a parent, I highly, highly encourage you implement this immediately. It's as simple as what Madonna, five minutes left, one minute left. We're going to do this next prepping them what's next and what's to come and in what amount of time and then kind of counting them down naturally from there. It's, it's so simple yet so powerful, like many of the strategies you've shared, but this is one of the ones that actually I never really thought about until just now during this conversation, how powerful and how many screaming episodes it saved us potentially ace is in general relatively mild mannered kid i guess uh he's crazy but not in the tantrum department he's relatively mild but you know what it could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot worse so this strategy is actually very powerful and uh you didn't i didn't realize how powerful and how effective it was until we actually had this conversation about it and this is kind of like i said going back to why i kind of don't like to know sometimes what we're talking about because it allows me to think objectively from just a regular ignorant parent's point of view. So I have been officially schooled once again. <laughs> um, nice. Well, I mean, you did, you did already before, but now it's just bringing forward. Like I'm now I'm very aware of how effective this is and how much uh, distress it saved us, I guess we can say. Yeah. And parents, if you, um, if you've said, I've tried this before, or I do do that, just think of it as consistency matters. They need a lot of repetition. Yeah. They need a lot of practice and a lot of exposure, real time experiences going through this, a lot of our patients and our understanding. So it's not easy and it might not, it doesn't work all the time, but you know, it, whatever helps, right? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. You have to be consistent because it doesn't work all the time because kids, as we know, are very emotionally immature. They're very volatile. So not everything's going to yield a perfect result all the time. But all you can do is continue to be consistent. And more than likely, a vast majority of the time, you're going to win or you're going to get into you're going to get put in a position where you wanted your kid to end up being pretty much is what we're saying here. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be a much smoother ride if you're very consistent. Exactly. So I think since I was talking a bunch this time around, I'm going to let Zachy close us for today and I'll take a seat back real fast. <laughs> wow. Put me on the spot. I'm not even ready for outros. I don't do outros here. But anyways, uh, if you guys like what you've heard, please share this with a fellow friend, parent, family member, anybody who you feel could get maximum value from this podcast. Uh, we do this because we want to help. If you have any questions about anything whatsoever, you can find Madonna at makinglearningspecial.com or on TikTok or Instagram at makinglearningspecial. 
Uh, hope you got a lot of value from this episode and we're looking forward to hearing you or hearing you, seeing you on the next one. See you guys.